You are listening to the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Season 6, Episode 17. ASI247.org. Today on the podcast, question, what gets in us and has the power to make us stop, take a break, and value ourselves for a little while? You're listening to Season 6, Episode 17, Sexual Needs 3, The Self. Little bumper by Matahisu. if I'm pronouncing that correctly. The tune is called Motivate. Reggae, little rap, little rock and roll. <laughs> this episode of the ASI podcast. By the way, uh, there is a playlist on Spotify for all the bumper music I've used on the show over the years. So if you go on Spotify and you search for ASI podcast bumps, uh, yeah, you can follow that. And yeah, there's just a lot of music there that, you know, I can't play the songs in their entirety here. These are called bumper promos. They call them in the uh, talk radio business, promoting the uh, music in uh, little bite-sized clips there. So, yeah, follow the bands if you like the bands. That's kind of how this works. Anyway, that's how I get away with it, right? (laughs) That's how I keep my nose clean with the recording industry. Hopefully. uh, Promoting, promoting the music and emotionally charging each topic. That song, um, yeah, man, that song's got some some roots to it, right? That feeling, the feelings of desperation, the feelings of redemption, the feelings of uh, connection or the desire and uh, need, really need for connection. I've always been fascinated with economies, right? The economy of not just money, and how, you know, you buy something for a certain value and you get something back and everything has a value. is really interesting to me. Uh, every choice we make, every decision we make, leaves a, a ripple effect, right? A, a tiny ripple effect. Facebook started doing this thing called story, right? Like, you, you tell your story or whatever. This is a story moment, And I found that interesting, too. Like in social media, they're even bringing this kind of economic kind of thinking in the way life progresses, uh, right, to to get people to kind of categorize or even journal 
their lives, right? Like Facebook is working to be not just a social media platform where you throw out, you know, whatever your opinion is on politics or film or whatever, right? But but what if it could be like a journal sort of, you know, and I think that's what they're trying to do with this my story thing uh on Facebook. And the reason I bring that up is because some of these some of this ripple effect, right? Some of this uh idea around decision because the truth is every day we're spending our lives and spending is one of those economic kind of words isn't it how did he or she spend their life is a question that comes up in uh memoirs funerals you know it's a good question and maybe that's some of what Facebook is trying to do is take some of that spending and categorize the moments that make up our story. It, it, there's certain moments in our lives where it becomes a defining moment. Like I made that decision that day or I pressed forward into this on this day and this is where my life changed or this is where I got discouraged, right? Or, you know, you see what I'm saying, though, right? Like, a lot of times, for most of us, things happen to us. And that um, stirs in us the, the desire for life change or to change direction. This month, ASI will turn 13. That's right, 13 years old. As long as how long this has been around. And a lot of it's my own story, my own understanding and processing and working through uh, why my life was so out of cattywampus, right? Out of order, um, direction, why sex had taken me over in a way, right? My my chasing after it um why did this have so much power in my life and in being motivated to tell my story and feeling a sense of accomplishment and victory to use that word uh over something that had such deep roots and hooks in me and and seeing some freedom from that and feeling like hey i want to share this with uh with others simply because you know one of my biggest motivations for doing this thing is is i didn't have a me you know I didn't have a me. Um, it's hard to talk about this stuff. It really is. Uh, have I wrecked my reputation? <laughs> so I'm not really worried about it. Uh, it's just me. Sorry, right? I don't give a damn about my reputation. Um, I do to a certain degree. I don't want to embarrass my family, my kids. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes. But we're not defined by those mistakes. You're not defined by the worst thing you've ever done. Uh, I, I think that's a power. I heard an attorney say that, and I thought that was really a powerful thing. We do move forward. Life does go on. And what we choose to do about some of this stuff is how we will be defined, right? How the my story in our actual lives, not just our social media lives, right? But in our actual lives, moves forward. These little pins in the map, right? The blue dot on the GPS. You hit a bookmark on and go, there, 
that place, something happened. Season six is the culmination of things that I've learned over the years uh, and places where, you know, I disagreed with myself to a certain degree. I get emails over the years, you know, I don't like what you said about this. And I'm like, yeah, man, I probably agree with you. I don't know if I agree with me on that either. My story is unfolding like yours is. And sometimes things shift. Season six has a lot to do with a lot of that shift. Uh, I'm not the most motivated person in the world, right? That's another one. Like I've been studying motivational material since I was, you know, in my early 20s, since I got off the dope, right? Since I got off of uh, methamphetamine, crack cocaine, uh, smoking, you know, brown rocks, Okay, I did free-based heroin a little while for their right uh, alcohol overdose when I was a teenager. After moving through these things, part of my success formula was was reading you know books by guys like Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Napoleon Hill, um, the Bible, of course, listening to a lot of sermons. Uh, but even with all of that. Um, Again, I'm not the most motivated guy in the world. Right? I'm not Mr. CrossFit. <laughs> Just not. So, some of you who also aren't Mr. and Mrs. CrossFit out there, I'm glad you're here. You know, it's like, I got an email from a guy who said, like, one of the first podcasts he listened to ever was this one. And it had something to do with something I said about motivation. The title of the show, actually, just a few episodes ago, the uh, the vicious cycle, right? Motivation, the approach of motivation. I think that's another part of this economy thing that I'm really curious about. Uh, where do we approach approach emotion, and why do we tend to want to start where we want to start, right? ASI started where I wanted it to start because uh, I felt I, yeah, it was like this song that gets in you, and I just needed to 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 say the things that I needed to say at the time. Was I uneducated and didn't understand a lot of things about the topic I'm talking about? Yeah. That's why I had a lot of authors on the show early on. Um, I listened to a lot of lectures, man. A lot of material from colleges all over the world over the years. Trying to stuff my brain with information. Is that what I was doing? Um, Season 6, getting into intimacy disorder... Uh, we've waded into the deep end here, all right? And I I recognize that some of this is, uh, it's heavy. You know, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. Again, you know, put up the disclaimer, right? Uh, I'm not trying to tell you things that, you should or not to do as like, I'm, I mean, this is, this is very personal. This podcast, uh, has been around since like before social media, right? Like I remember MySpace was a thing and the, the, my story part of ASI defining moments and coming to season six, this is where, this is where, the approaching and getting help becomes something that you do on your journey for you. 
all right? Getting to the the meat of why this episode exists and why the self is important in uh, in the topic of even sexual needs, right? Or needs in general. Going to a therapist, going to a counselor, I think is really, really important. Your relationship with that person. Like, this is broadcasting what I'm doing here. Uh, so I'm trying to keep uh, some of my story to be my story. And also how what I've been through reflects on the masses. And how a lot of you have felt. Uh, emails I've got over the years. Very familiar. And I, and I wanted to share a couple of those with you all today. Because behind your eyes, listening to a podcast, you know, reading a book, going to see a speaker, going to a conference, there's an economic thing going on, right? We spend our lives doing these things. There's something I say in the podcast a lot, behind your eyes, behind my eyes, right? Something, uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, speaking of self-help guys, he said that you know how you eat a bullfrog? You don't stare at that sucker too long, right? There's some wisdom in that. Do it now. But your um, relationship with yourself as you do these disciplines, as you put um, the stuff you read, the stuff you hear into action, how do you and I value ourselves as we try and I mean that's people who learn musical instruments right they try over and over again it takes practice practices are different than rules and laws and why do we practice the things we practice why do we spend our lives spend our energy in our lives the way we do what do we value in those moments? Because for me, what I valued in self-help or even studying the Bible and cramming my head full of theology, um, trying to better myself, working to be a better son for Papa Jesus. There's also surveys on the webpage, ASI247.org. There's a number of surveys you can take. Uh, I had a listener uh, recently just filled out the, the God in Me survey as well. And there's a reason that survey's on there. There's a reason why I ask people their some of their religious history or relationship with God stuff. Just really interested in why people add those things to that my story of their part of their life, right? Uh, what is the economy of relationships when it comes to the history of our lives? And what importance or value do we choose to assign to these moments in our lives and why? The relational aspect is something that I've Maybe I've missed over the years and maybe a lot of motivational speakers, to use those words, or people that focus a lot of energy on motivation or even gathering information and education. 
where are we lacking in the understanding of human relationships and how they feed our lives, what we need in them and the nutrition or nurture we tend to just for the sake of being alive seek to glean from them and something that I've seen over and over again and again getting into the really the deeper end of the pool here the less dignity value respect um and even love that we have for ourselves on the deep end of that spectrum, the less we have for others, the less roots, right? Have you ever seen a tree? Like right now, it's kind of the windy season where I live here in the Seattle, Washington, USA area. And people will plant these trees like uh, landscaping companies come in and they plant these trees in apartment complexes or hotels that they just built. And they don't give the trees enough time to root and the first big storm comes in and they're just all just laying there on the ground. Uh, or they crash into vehicles and, and cause all sorts of damage. See, it's not so much that we don't value ourselves up on the surface or even seeking motivation or reading books and understanding what we need to invest in up here. Some of what I'm going to challenge you with and, and some of what the psychology around intimacy disorder is going to focus on is not so much what's going on up there on the surface, but where the roots tend to dig deep down into the ground and have us anchored in those human relationships and even, dare I say, those sexual needs that we so feel we're lacking so again, at some kind of root level, how we value ourselves, let me preface that. In the moments of decision to where we choose to define our lives based on how we really do love, accept, and value ourselves moving forward, these are those my story kind of pin in the map moments in life it's a conscious awakening to the value that you see in your own person in who you really actually are that sounds really self-helpy and this is going to uh agitate some of my christian friends and um i'm okay with that because it's really important it's really important. Intimacy disorder, all right? You want to keep focusing on your genitals, that's fine. But if that hasn't worked for you, if words like sexual sin and, uh, you know, just need to read my Bible more or pray more or go to church more, over time, if you're realizing it's not moving the needle much, I'm going to keep encouraging you to go deeper. I'll even say this, your genitals, they're going to keep encouraging you to go deeper instead of cursing yourself. What if you stopped and said, hey, what if these actions are pulling me into a deeper understanding of who I really am?
and what my body is really actually thirsting for. And confronting myself some here on shows where I use the words like system failure, right? Um, it's not so much a system failure, all right? This is how our body and our mind and our spirit and our soul are working things out, are needing some time, are needing even release. The needs are going to be met, but they're just not being met the desired way we'd like them to be met. Man, instead of the word failure, realizing that, you know, some of the mystics talk about that God's bringing us on a, a journey deeper into ourselves. The universe, all right, if you don't like the, the G word, some of you, is leading you into a deeper relationship with your own body over and over again. And when I failed, man, the importance of language when it comes to some of this stuff, when we think about how we talk to ourselves, how we value ourselves in, in language like failed. Another system failure on your part, Russia. That's a big part of emotional intelligence, right? We don't necessarily see the energy that's tied to some of the language we use. But we feel it. But the energy I felt when it happened, the way the shame right? That spilled over me. Man, all these things I know, all these things I've been studying, I should know better, right? I'm the intimacy guy. Attitudes of sexual integrity. Integrity is about how we walk the walk. And a lot of times, my confession here is I would beat the shit out of myself if I'd failed. I kept getting back up, though. I kept getting back up, but why, right? Why? That's the big question. And listen, I want to speak to the Christians for a moment. You know, you, you guys are my people, all right? I love you guys. But grace, grace is that braided God's love, self-love as one. Grace is like this beautiful relational braided chain of our love and God's love coming together in one. It's part of our identity. You know, there's this, this some of this religious imagery that it's like deep in us, God puts this in us, you know, this in Christ, this Holy Spirit dwelling in us, this, this self, the, the beauty, the love that God puts in us. And, and images like the cross come to mind, yet there's that part of us that still wants to flog ourselves, right? We're handed, you know, somewhere in our actions, somewhere in our uh, self-valuing, we were handed a, a whip. We take off our shirt and we whip ourselves. And we whip ourselves. And we hurt ourselves. This is not holiness. This is not pleasing to God. Yeah.
there you go, some Joe Bonamassa. The album's called Redemption. This is his latest one. And yes, that's on the Spotify playlist. ASI Podcast Bumps is the name of the playlist on Spotify. As I uh, drink some... So my orange bubble water, all natural flavors. I don't know, but it's good. Getting uh, wet my whistle here. Um, I haven't put up a podcast in a, in a few weeks. I apologize. Just a lot of stuff going on in my life as well. I just wanted to say that. Not sure why. <laughs> Throw that out there. Um, p- folks have donated to the show, and I'd like to make more shows. Uh, but yeah, man, trying to keep the bills paid and my van running and, um, doing what I do as a driver in the world. Um, and more on an intimate note, um, uh, be honest, losing a friend that I've known since, uh, high school days, right? Um, uh, man, that really knocked the wind out of me. Uh, more than I thought it would, you know. Grief. Um, that's a thing. We did an episode of that on punk theology, by the way. Good grief. Uh, me talking about some of that. But, it, you know, life is unpredictable. Things like that just happen out of nowhere. I, it, my, my friend Dave, same age as me, didn't didn't realize that. Um, I, I think he's like two months, he was two months older than me. And yeah, uh, dealing with that also uh, impacted my ability to, to pay my bills, honestly. So yeah, an extra thanks to those who donated to ASI247.org. Uh, if you'd like to be a co-producer there, uh, help keep this thing, uh, keep the bills paid on the ASI podcast. Uh, just chatting at you a little bit today, you know. Back when I was a, a crazy person, addict. You know, it's funny how it seemed easier to not have to feel stuff. And now that I'm feeling stuff, um, letting it go through me, uh, it's better, but it's still, it still is disruptive in my life. You know, it's just way better disruptive today than it was. And I'm, I'm grateful for Dave. I'm grateful that I got to know Dave, that Dave was in my life, that the powers that be the universe god um let me and dave uh cross each other's paths so but yeah losing them hey it's not easy i can't just positive think you know gratitude my way out of the hurt which is jacked with my uh my pocketbook it's weird how that works, right? Time when you're trading time for money. Uh, yeah, trying to keep that all that all going. But today, man, the paradox of excitement and some of the heart and soul of language. <laughs> Communication that I get to, uh, to speak to you all. Um, 
I'm, I'm honored by that. So uh, I'm glad to be here in front of the mic once again, talking about something theologians and philosophers have been expounding on for millennia. <laughs> the self. Um, how was that for a warm up? <laughs> right? That was a. Just we're just getting warmed up. Uh, we're going to read a, a few emails on the podcast today. Not really read the emails, I guess. More like uh, I'll read a few clips from conversations I've had just in the past few weeks uh, or so. And all three of these are important because it's part of that story thing, right? Like, why would someone email me? You know, not that I'm an expert or anything, but people have found value in, in some of the things I've said. And then, you know, I've emailed a few people over the years and, and, and there's something to that. There's something to the um, putting a hand out, right, for wisdom in, in, a, in a time in your life when you feel uh, a bit out of sorts. Um, this first email is from a listener named Steve and a longtime listener who said, uh, in the subject line, it says feeling lost. Um, Steve said, uh, sorry to hear about your loss. Uh, many thanks for taking time to get back to me. Um, the realization that I'm never going to kick this thing on my own is actually causing me to think maybe this Bible in my hand may really be the missing key that I have failed to believe from my heart for seemingly forever. Something has got to give. Yes, this book has given me understanding of how I got here in truth. While it is shaken me up inside, it's also given me the truth I need to finally give in and ask for God's help in my heart. Uh, thank you, Steve, for that. And, and the next one is from a listener named Andy um, through Facebook Messenger. And he messaged me through Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection on Facebook. That's the uh, the official uh, Facebook page for the podcast here. Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Even though it doesn't say that on there. Right? So you can join the group without, I don't know, having people see that you're, oh, I joined the sex addict group. <laughs> That's not what it is. All right. Heart, mind, love, sex, and affection. It's a lot of what I talk about here. So that's what it's titled. That's what we talk about. There you go. Andy says, uh, and, and I had a, this is a lengthy, I'm not going to read all of this. This is a lengthy uh, message. But it, it's tough, man. Uh, from Andy, hey, uh, I got a question for you. How can I fully surrender everything to God? Can you fully surrender your wife, your marriage, your kids fully to God? I mean, literally surrendering them to him completely. Um, this is the struggle that God is asking me to do. My wife left me after 22, almost 23 years of marriage, and she took the kids, she is seeking legal separation. Um, 
the news is that I've finally hit rock bottom and I'm finally opening my heart to God. No, no small hidden or reserved area that was off limits before. The bad news is that I may have lost what is the most precious thing in my life, being my wife and my marriage. These were more important to me than God was. How twisted was I? Um, I'm going to... I'm going to try and address both of these. But my heart goes out to Andy. And that's, you know, the weight of some of this, right? Like, sexually compulsive behavior, it has real consequences, right? The question is, what are those consequences birthed out of? A lot of it is birthed out of how we feel about ourselves in relationships with others, including the creator of the universe, right? This is why self is important. And in modern Christian evangelicalism here in the West, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of this, you know, kind of tearing down of the self. Uh, by the way, psychologically, cults do that. Uh, there's there's whole sects of religion where they don't like you celebrating your birthday, for example, because that gives you a value of yourself that may go askew in their mind. You know, it's <laughs> we're assuming that celebrating the day we're born is a bad thing. Or be selfish, right? And that word selfish is another one. It's something that um, a lot of religious folks can use to control uh, other people. And there's things that we don't know about these two gentlemen. Um, and, and is it porn, all right? It, I, 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 is it just porn, Right. That's I don't like that term, but there's things there's something to that. Right. For me, it, w it was seeing prostitutes and I, I got really dark for me. But did it start with porn? Was porn my gateway drug? No, actually, no, it wasn't. Um, and I know that may be tough on some of your ears. Right. Because I think that for for me, I, I really didn't know in the beginning. And I thought, yeah, sure. You know, when this didn't get me off, then seeing an actual person, I, the day I picked up a prostitute for the first time. Uh, but right, because I'd been feeding my mind pornography, you know, the way I was compulsively, um, I think it's deeper than that, right? The reason I was using the pornography, the, the, the messages, the language that I was using towards myself, like I talked about in the intro there, right? My system failures, my moral failures over and over again, thinking of myself as a big failure. You know what I do? I disappoint people. Here's another one. God has a plan and God's testing you, Russ. You know, had all that porno in my brain, and that day I picked up that that young woman, that prostitute, and I could have shared the gospel with her, but what did I do, right? Um, I failed the test, because that's what I do, I fail tests. I failed to implement God's holy plan. What if there's no plan? I know that's controversial for some of you. 
But what if the truth is that God doesn't have a plan? Okay, that that may be hard for some of you to hear, but I want to read you something that uh, Paul Young wrote in his book, uh, Lies We Believe About God. Paul Young, a uh, past ASI guest, uh, wrote a big bestseller uh, you may have heard of called The Shack. Paul also uh, very orthodox in his theology. And in one of the chapters, uh, I believe it was titled, What If God Doesn't Have a Plan? Actually, it's titled Lies We Believe About God. So God has a plan. Is it, what if that's a lie that we believe about God, that our suffering is part of God's plan? It's also in John chapter 9 where the, the chapter kicks off with this this blind man and the disciples ask him, what, who sinned? Did this man sin or did his family? Why is he blind? Someone must have sinned, right? And Jesus says, uh, nope, no, that's not why he's blind. And then he goes on to heal him, but he doesn't really solve the dissonance, right? He doesn't really explain why the man's blind. Um, you know why? Because there's no plan. There wasn't a plan for it. God doesn't just make people blind, uh, right? Or, or or kids disabled or uh, a woman's paralysis. As, uh, as Paul says here, um, the truth is what I want you to think about is, especially if you grew up in Christianity, right? In developmental defining moments, right, those defining moments in our story, um, many Christians are led to believe, again, really early on in our developmental identity of self. Somewhere as soon as we can understand it, we learn God is good, God is holy, and we are absolute garbage, uh, in Calvinist theology, I even may have said some of this on the show earlier, like we're snow covered poop. You know, that's how God sees us because of Jesus. Is that, is that really our relationship with the creator of the universe? Uh, actually, no, it's lie number three. Now that I've looked it up, uh, God is in control. Um, do we actually believe we honor God by declaring God the author of this mess? A woman's paralysis, for example. Um, an insect in Africa that eats children's eyes. That's another one where it's, oh, well, God has a plan. No, not for stuff like that. Um, it goes on here. Um, in the name of sovereignty and omnipotent control, question mark. What if there is no plan for your life, but rather a relationship with God where he consistently invites us to co-create respectfully, submitting to the choices that we bring to the table? Sovereignty of God is not about deterministic control. So how does God reign? By being who God is. God is love in relationship. That's on page 41 of the book. Um, I don't believe that the word control in the sense of 
deterministic power. Sorry, that's a big word. Deterministic. Okay, let me start over. I do not believe that the word control in the sense of deterministic power is a part of God's vocabulary. Control does not originate in God, but submission does. Domination does not find its source in God, but other-centered, self-giving love does. Um, God is good and I am not. Speaking of self. Um, this is from page 32, lie number two. Um they, the youth gathering, opened in a song that I am familiar with. Many of the lyrics are true, but it begins with a massive lie. God, you are good when there's nothing good in me. The truth is that we have inherent value because we are made in the image of God. And I've talked about that on the show a lot, too. The Imago Day, right? That's from, uh, that's what I said. I added to that, right? That quote. Anyway, here's, again, page 34. He says, uh, What would you think if you happened on a parent berating his or her child with these words? The truth about you is that there is nothing good about you. You are sick and twisted and totally, and totally, utterly depraved. You have always been that way, and you will always be worthless. Um... I am fundamentally good because I am created in Christ as an expression of God, as image bearer, Amago Dei. That is, uh, that's also in Ephesians 2.10, if you want to look that up for your reference. How we think about ourselves in relationship with God is so important. And I love what he said there about God submits we don't like that either a lot of christians don't like that that's orthodoxy right the orthodox heretic and other impossible tales that's a a book by peter rollins um the truth is that god submits to humans we part of our free will the fact that we get to do what we want and i don't even know about the whole word free will there's a lot of philosophy on that as well but the fact that we in relationship with the universe to use that word god the universe you can use those interchangeably by the way um (laughs) depending on how you're triggered right uh the the way that we commingle with one another and commingle with the divine that is living in us in Christ. These are words from the Bible Um, is how we do relationship. God submits to human beings and, and works with us in the co-creation of how the story is unfolding. How much of an impact on our ability to be, intimate, right? To be trusting, to have relationships where I'm accepted and valued. How hard is it for that to be a reality when words like obedience come into play? When words like this is how this needs to be done. And if it's not done that way, you fail, right? 
Um, what if it was more about understanding, uh, empathy? These are relational words rather than legal words, right? Law kind of words. Even grace can be brought in as a, as a legal where your relationship is with God is based on Jesus becoming your acquittal attorney and going to the cross, dying for you. And you should just be fine with that because it's been paid. It's been nailed to the cross, right? We hear things like this and these are again these are legal terms relationship says god is working with us god is understanding with your loved ones in your family listening hearing how they feel asking how did that feel my friends submitting to god is not submitting to some set of rules or law It's realizing that God has submitted to our decisions and choices and that we get to help co-create in the mess of humanity. In certain religious upbringings, it's easy to get polluted. This, This legal, dogmatic way of thinking, I got that in my head early on as a young kid who... And that's part of my story, and that's part of some of your stories. On the survey page there, I ask some of you um, in the confessions uh, area of the surveys, I ask, uh, were you sexually molested as a child? Um, There's three answers to that, yes, no, and some stuff happened, I'm not sure. Just guess which answer is the most popular in that survey. Most people are saying some stuff happened, and I'm not sure. All right? Uh, the the voices of shame and how I was kept quiet. And I know not all of you are sexual abuse victims, all right? I, I know that that's, that's true. But how you talk to yourself, even how some of the churches you grew up in make you feel about yourself— your identity as a person, your value as a human being, very much play into the compulsive behavior. And this is the big crux of intimacy disorder, right? This from people who spend their lives studying sexual behavior and psychology and the people that really are suffering and struggling with this. This is some of the conclusions they're coming up with. The disorder part of it, Again, when we don't value ourselves, bringing that into a relationship can cause all sorts of chaos and havoc and disorders, to use that word. And the truth is, relationships have a lot of disorder going on already, right? If you're in a family, you know some of the chaos that can take place in relationships with other humans. But there's beauty to some of that chaos. There's grace that abounds in some of that chaos. There's love. There's um, co-building a life-giving environment for people to do life together. I feel like uh, I may be losing some of you, so I'll stop for a second. And (laughs) when I gather my point in all of that is... But the question still beckons, right? How does one trust in God? Um... 
as far as, you know, people have asked over the years, like, how would I classify myself if I was to label myself spiritually? Um, what would that look like? And it's not easy. Right? I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an easy one to put in a box. Um, I would consider myself a Christian mystic today. Um, I like the, the mystics of the Orthodox faith. Um, I would be more orthodox in theology today, although I don't value the pageantry and the bells and smells. And for some people, that's important and, and that's fine for them. Um, for me, I just it doesn't do much for me. But I do I do like that relationship with God that the orthodox faith. Um, I mean, I've talked about that in this show, right? Going back in time, um, going back to the early mystics, the desert fathers, the, the folks that walked with the apostles, the, the folks that canonized the Bible. That's the orthodox stream of theology. It predates the Protestant Reformation. It predates Roman Catholicism. I want to leave the show with this. Sexual needs and the self. How much of us, the the compulsive behavior is just taking some time out with our body. Getting out of our head for for some precious moments. Um, We need that as humans. That's why meditation is important. But masturbation is another way of doing meditation. Um, Your body and your mind and your spirit, all of this energy commingles together. The self. Knowing thyself, all right? So incredibly important. Um, There's an Orthodox uh, father who shared this. I'm going to share a post that I put on uh, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection, the, the Facebook page. Um, this this is something my friend John shared, and I, and I posted it here. Here's what I wrote. Um, There's a tough habit to break when it comes to approaching humbling oneself in real transformative healing. It's the Western habit of stuffing knowledge in or intellect from the outside. The truth is, I've found in my own journey that God wants us to heal from the inside out. This is from my friend John, a fellow punk theologist and ASI guest. Uh, It's a quote from Father Roman Braga, I believe it is, B-R-A-G-A. He says this, Orthodoxy is to descend into yourself and to explore the inner universe. Christianity is not a doctrine in spirituality. Orthodoxy is not knowledge only, because God is not an acquisition of our intellect. I love that. That's so good. Let me repeat that. God is not an acquisition of our intellect. Orthodoxy is to descend into yourself and to explore the inner universe. In Western countries, there is a tendency to know things outside of ourselves, to explore the universe. 
you go into outer space and all the knowledge is outside. Orthodoxy is the reverse, to discover the inner universe, which is unlike any other atom in the depths in the depth into ourselves is God. This is where we meet God. That's controversial as far as a lot of, especially Western Christians are going to say. Let me repeat that. The dis- to discover the inner universe, which is infinite, like an atom, and its depth is into ourselves, is God. Because God is not outside yourself, so orthodoxy in spirituality is to explore ourselves, to go inside. But we are afraid to go inside because it is an awesome reality. St. Paul said, don't, know, don't you know that you are the temple of the living God that lives within you? Right? We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's trans- translated a lot of different ways. This is, this is from the Orthodox. Uh, Don't you know that you are the temple of the living God and God lives within you? That is quoting scripture. Um, Western countries have to learn this lesson. Not outside of the universe is God. He is inside. But we have to explore the inner universe. We have to live God because God is life. I didn't get to the third email. I just realized that. Um, But I want to repeat that last line once again. It's very important. (laughs) All this stuff is really... This is why orthodoxy for me syncs up with a lot of transformative healing. Even with psychology that works, the psychology where people are finding healing and, and, and loving themselves and getting out of really dark addictions and mental disorders. Um, God is inside, but we have to explore the inner universe. We have to live God because God is life. Don't you know that you are a temple of the living God, the God that lives within you? A lot of Christians see that as you need to exercise more. It's not what that's about, man. It's so much deeper than that. So much deeper than that. Um, I'm going to get to the the third email on the next show. But I want to end out this show. um, The self, all right? Your need, the sexual need, what if that's part of what's pulling you deeper into yourself. Uh, Yeah, it's not the desired way. Yeah, it screws up lives. It hurts families, the compulsive nature of it. But what if it's like that light blinking on your dashboard? More than that, what if it's your body just wanting to sync up with the rest of you and this relationship with God through your sexuality um, it's really important. You are loved more than you can fathom. Love lives within our bodies and we can tap into it. Not that God is a power or the force or anything like that, but God, we are made in the image and we are vessels 
of love deep down, but that love needs to work itself out, and it's usually the opposite of trying to calculate things with a calculator or obey certain laws and rules all the time. Because love transcends all of that. I'll leave you with a story. What right before uh, uh, today? Here's something that happened today, and this is this is some of my own story. All right, my own transformation because I used to be a thief. All right, I used to be a a drug addict, and I used to steal from people, and I've been to jail more than once. Um, today, I didn't do this because I'm a great guy. All right, I did this because. I'm syncing up with something that I pray a lot. Part of my spiritual discipline is to pray um, this, the Lord's Prayer, all right? And just something to that, um, on earth as it is in heaven, I breathe that out in the mornings. I'll just breathe that and meditate on it. On earth as it is in heaven, um, give us today our daily bread, these things. So today I walk into the pharmacy to pick up a prescription and I find a wallet laying there right in front of the pharmacy door full of cash. Uh, It has a guy's driver's license in it. It has some credit cards. I walk around and I I ask people (laughs) in the pharmacy, I go, hey, uh, is your name Randy? You know, I just, no, you know, the guy that looks like, I look for people that look like the guy on the driver's license picture, right? So no Randy. And I'm like, all right. So I put the the wallet in my pocket and uh, walk around the store a little more. didn't see anybody. Uh, And there's a dollar store right next door. So it's almost Thanksgiving. I picked up uh, one of those aluminum things that you cook the turkey in, right, at the dollar store. And then I was coming out of the dollar store and I see this uh, couple and they're rifling through their car really quickly and the guy who's looking under the seats and stuff he's like stressing out he's like i can't believe it and i go a randy you know and he looks up at me he goes yeah and i go hey i found your wallet man and i hand him his wallet and he's like oh my god you know thank you so much and he and he looks in there and there's still all the cash is in there and he's like oh wow thank you you know you're you're used really kind words. All right. So my point is I didn't do that because I'm a, I believe I'm a great guy or whatever. Right. I'm syncing up with something bigger than my ego. I guess I'll use those words. It is myself that I'm syncing up with when I gave him the wallet. I didn't do it because I'm afraid of hell. All right. I didn't do it because the fear of wrath you know, if I didn't, um, I didn't do it because I'm a good person, right? Or I get to feel like I'm a good person for doing it. I'll be honest, in the economy of good deeds, that's not enough. Not enough for a guy like me, all right? I didn't do it to get the kind words from the guy. I simply did it because I'm syncing up with the divine, right? That's that's a mago day. That there's something moving and has been moving inside me. That's becoming aware of it or conscious of it. Is is how I'd like to believe I I work in the world today. You know, uh, not because I think that I'm gonna get. Uh, Prosperity, that's another one, right? Like that's something that kind of knocks on my the door of my ego every so often too. It's like, oh, you deserve 
to win today or whatever, or to have a really good day because you did that. Um, no, no. Uh, I just did that because I'm, again, syncing up with that prayer. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Myself gets to sync up with that. And so do you. What if that's enough? What if you're enough? The truth is you matter. You know, this is a Thanksgiving, right? We're going to all see family and sometimes that's stressful. Sometimes you are in the presence of someone who's harmed you or hurt you. It's difficult. How we do relationship matters because you matter. Because the ripple effect that you're going to put out with who you are in your presence in any given situation matters. You matter. For a very long time in my life, I didn't believe that what I did or say, my ripple effect in the world, I didn't think it mattered. I didn't think I mattered at all. So uh, as a direct result the ripple effect that I put out there didn't have a lot of meaning, purpose, or even rationale to it. Not that everything has to be rational, right? But in the relational flow of life, I I, I had to realize that, man, I matter. I heard a quote I can't remember who said it. It was a philosopher that said, what if the meaning of life is to give life meaning? That we pump meaning into the lives of our immediate family. But a big part of it is into ourselves. Why we get up every day. That it's not just my ego. That it's not just my, my bravado. It's not just my... Um, I gotta be the man and all that. That's all ego stuff. No, my heart mattered and matters. So I hope you enjoyed my little uh, good deed story there. And hopefully it uh, helps communicate what I'm trying to, to say here about you, about your own place. Whenever you're hearing this, whenever this hits your ears, behind your eyes... I hope that makes sense, because that's very different than me 30 years ago, right? That's true. Um, Not to toot my own horn or say how great I am, but to say that the self, how we think about ourselves, because I am no angel, all right? I am not Mr. Uh, Holy Person. Uh, Just listen to the other show I do, Punk Theology, okay? Um, this, This life of ours... We get to do it with a different kind of fuel, with a different kind of relationship, with a different kind of purpose than the rest of the world. And with that, I leave you. All right. I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Till next time. Bye.
again Yeah, we A.S.I. or Attitudes of Sexual Integrity is a listener-supported podcast. Do you like what you hear, here? Please leave a review on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or wherever you may be hearing this podcast. The podcast, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity, is owned by Digital Audio Project LLC who is responsible for its contents.